welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Are ghost hunters, quote-unquote, updating some of their theories? What do we think of some of the newest paranormal-themed movies and TV shows? Are, quote, demons more active in the world's current polarized atmosphere? Hello and welcome uh, aboard to the 814th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I am Ben, and those motley questions came from my co-host, partner in the paranormal, and dad, Paul. And today we are uh, back with our our favorite guest co-host on this epic open line show, and we welcome your calls. The numbers are 800 800. It's actually 401-766-1240 from anywhere. Or email paul at com, or contact us uh, by Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. So welcome, Shane Searway. Yeah, so we get to spend the weekend together. I know. Basically. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, we were at the uh, Western Connecticut UFO Conference in Danbury, Connecticut yesterday. We hung out there. Oh, that was a... I was... Really pleased with how that event was. Very exciting. A lot of a uh, lot of people. It's growing. This is the fourth year. Uh, it takes place at the Danbury Library there with our good friend uh, Aurelio Maraca and the staff. And um, it was a uh, really really great talks and uh, a lot of uh, thoughtful approaches to things. Yeah, all the talks were great. Specifically, I brought I brought a, an old friend of mine along. We've been friends for years, but he'd never come to any of these things. And he was like, you know what? I want to go to this. And by the way, Shane, he loved your talk the most. Oh, really? Wow, yeah, he really great. enjoyed it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a huge compliment. And uh, what was your subject so the audience? Only? It was strange disappearances and abductions. Yeah. And uh, it was a great, yeah, a great event. And um, it was great to see Mark and Linda and everything. And uh, Yeah, Mark D'Antoni was there. And, uh, uh, Linda Zimmerman. Uh, and Aurelio did, he did a great job. And uh, Full House, it was amazing. Yeah, there were a lot of people there. It was there a were. really well-attended event. It was, yeah. And uh, I have to mention that uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley, uh, who late, lately translated uh, a few months ago, was uh, a fixture at that conference. We always look forward to seeing Rosemary, who was a, an occasional guest co-host on this show and, and a, a legend in the paranormal community, author of 80 books, including encyclopedias. And it's just amazing. Uh, we left, there was an empty chair left in her memory uh during the panel discussion right at the end uh right next right next to you i think mm. and uh, it was it was really um uh, not next to mark and it was um uh, rather poignant and and we're going to do a tribute show and we'll talk about this later a tribute show to uh, rosemary ellen galley next week on this show uh okay so let, let's uh, move on to our correspondence uh one thing i wanted to mention uh there's sort of a, a group of, i don't know panic or whatever set in uh, when people turned on the radio last week or, or whatever they, however they listened to us and we weren't there. Uh, we did put out on social media that we, uh, were preempted last week by a local event, uh, the news department here at WON, uh, 1240, uh, AM and 99.5 FM, uh, was, uh, covering, uh, the annual uh, Autumn Fest events here in Northern Rhode Island, which the they always do. Festival. Yes. So, uh, we, we, uh, are always preempted that weekend, but, um, so we're back, we're live, uh, we're not, uh, uh, going anywhere uh, except to more conferences, and that's, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, no Season need to continues. be concerned. Uh, that's that's the thing. So uh, to build on our first question that we ask about ghost hunters, um, I happened to run across this from 2012, and uh-huh. we've been receiving questions for you know since we've been on the air since 08. Did you have to dig through the archives to find it? No, I d- no, I didn't. It just sort of kind of came up when I was looking for something else. Oh. Uh, and this is, I just thought it was, I, I, I'm not going to do this for self-aggrandizement here, 
but uh, just to maybe provide a little balance, because I think maybe we're still doing what she's kind of criticizing us for doing. And I think in some cases we're justified, in some cases we're not. But anyway, this was from Bonnie in Braintree, Massachusetts. Okie dokie. So Bonnie uh, writes to us, I really love your show and your books, despite the fact that I feel personally insulted every time you refer to the feral ghost hunters. Uh, I guess I fit that description. I assure you there uh, there are many intelligent and th- intelligent, thoughtful, and sincere people who do ghost hunting as a hobby. I do it because I have many deep personal questions about death and uh, the afterlife and that I feel the need to answer for myself. Uh, before I stumbled upon your show, I was, as you say, stuck with the 19th century uh, uh, theories about what ghosts are. When I heard your multiverse ideas, they made a lot of sense, and now I use that theory when I do my cases. Uh, the result is amazing, and I can see the explanation for phenomena much more clearly. I think you should give us ghost hunters a chance. Uh, whether you know it or not, you ha- you two have been responsible for profound changes in paranormal research. It's some of us feral ghost hunters, quote-unquote, who are putting your ideas into practice and benefiting from them. So I, I was rather humbled by that, uh, and, and I, uh, I, I think I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I don't know about you fellows, but... Uh, to apologize to anyone who has felt insulted by that and who really is trying uh, some, anyone who uh, really is trying to uh, to advance the field um, but uh, nevertheless the, the criticisms do stand uh, there are people that I think don't talk to each other uh, a little bit of disciplined thinking would be good and uh, as I'm thinking of the academic realm where you have peer review you know people talk to each other they exchange uh, their, their papers and their ideas things like this I just say a little bit more of that would be good uh, and and uh, one of the main reasons for criticizing that I've always had in the past is because it's it's dangerous stuff. Uh, you don't I, very often, even if you're adopting theories that you think are better than what, what existed before, you, you don't really know if you're interpreting situations correctly and all this sort of thing. And again, of course, the same thing could apply to me. I started when I was 17 in this. And uh, yeah, I was in the seminar. I had guidance. I had this, that, and the other thing. Uh, and um, did some academic work that I thought enhanced uh, the understanding of it. But, I mean, that's I, I was no more qualified really than anyone else. So I, I apply the criticisms to the, uh, the earlier me, too. So that being said, um, I think a balance uh, might, be, might be required. But uh, we certainly um, apologize to anyone who's, who's felt insulted, and, but still issue the cautions that we have before. And there are feral ghost hunters, that there are people who really shouldn't be doing this. They're out there making a dog's lunch out of cases and this sort of thing. Shane, comments? Yeah, so I agree with that. Um, there, There's a lot of people that want to be paranormal researchers or investigators, and they want to learn. Um, but then there's some that are just not capable of learning the right way because they have the wrong programming. You have to be of the right ter- character type to really understand the mechanics and, and how to apply them in, in situations, and a lot of people don't have that because they've been, you know, pre-programmed by by these television shows and you know what to think and what this stuff is, which is all inaccurate uh, for the most part. Um, so, but there are there are people that are, are are able to you know pick up on this stuff and learn it the right way, uh, but they need to seek it. Um, and then I've also seen the investigators who's asked me to mentor them or teach them, and I start teaching them the mechanics. But it doesn't fit into their spooky Scooby Doo atmosphere, and <laughs> yeah. and so it that's what they're that's what they're doing it for because they like that spooky you know goofy stuff. Um, they they make it a joke and they make it just a, a 
you know, um, research for fun or they go to the cemeteries or empty houses because they, they get a thrill out of it. Those are the wrong reasons to learn. So, um, but yeah, like I said, you have to be of the right character type. You have to be a sponge and you have to be, um, open minded. But, um, and, um, yeah, like like I said, the right character type in, in order to apply the mechanics the proper way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, Ben. So you know what's kind of interesting about about that about um jeez, oh, I had I had her name. Oh, the, uh, Bonnie. Bonnie. Yes. Yeah. So I I think that's that's super interesting stuff, and you know I I like that she didn't start off with well I grew up in a in a haunted house <laughs> yeah and that that was that that's always kind of the thing I always kind of point to and I'm like okay that's a little you pro- probably shouldn't be pursuing stuff but I I I think we have been a little unfair um you know there are people who genuinely have questions and want to know and have didn't receive the answers they wanted to receive from wherever but one interesting thing that kind of popped up when we started talking about you know feral ghost hunters it's interesting. You can look at any other field of the paranormal, and you can kind of point to sort of sort of a, a mass organization that exists in it, like MUFON or mm. the BFRO or something like that. And they're kind of like a central hub of people's research. You know, you can report cases, you can, um, you know, provide photo photos, videos, whatever. And you know, there's a whole team of analysts that go through it, a whole team of investigators. But there's nothing like that for the ghost realm. Hmm. And why is that? And I I Good think question. I think it's there there's there's a couple of reasons. And I kind of started outlining this just so I could kind of get my thoughts in order. And I think I think the culture that kind of grew up around, you know, the paranormal stuff was was tainted from the start. And allow me to expand on that. So you know what's 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 everyone's sort of first first encounter with the paranormal, right? Probably a scary movie, or if they grew up in a haunted house, right? So automatically, you know, you're given you're you're thrown into this world, and the first thing you experience, you're like, okay, well, how am I going to rationalize this? It's probably dead people, or you know, it's reinforced by you know shows that kind of are like, yeah, 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 this is this is what it is. It's reinforced by, you know, just general cultural beliefs that are still kind of like, you know, held deeply by people. And a science that only just started coming around to the idea of, you know, multiple worlds and, uni- and, mul- and you know, the whole multiverse and, and things like that. And, you know, I think I think from the start, the, the world of, of ghost hunting was kind of doomed to fail. And it's 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 interesting because you know we we look at some of the the big names in the field not to name names and you know as 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 much as you know we kind of harp on about stuff you know there's a reason why we hang around bigfoot people more and why we hang around you know ufologists more mm. because they have they're more organized they take a stance that just makes sense you know they all think about things very deeply not to say that you know Bonnie here doesn't think very deeply about mm. things but there's no resource that you can point to that says, okay, well, we have this archive of cases. You know, here's all the video and analysis that's been done on it. We don't, we don't have that, and we just we haven't had it, and we're probably never going to have it because you know people can't get along. <laughs> yeah, there's there's people that like we 
we document all our stuff and we analyze all our stuff and we grow as we you know as we're doing this and so there's other researchers that do the same thing mm-hmm. but there has been attempts in the paranormal to bring everybody together and collaborate with information and, and stuff like that and it's fall, falling apart every single time it doesn't work yeah. there's too yeah. much ego there's all kinds of you know just yeah. Yeah. It's, tox- it's a toxic culture yeah because you know every everyone wants to have their own show everyone wants to be famous everyone wants to be taps they all want to do this and it's well, not all of them. I don't mean to make a blanket statement, but there are are people out there who would take this stuff and they're like, "Oh, I just want to make money with it. That's it." And it's and it it kind of defeats the purpose, you know? Like um, Mike Penicello, right? He was at the he was he was the the first the speaker. head of Connecticut uh, MUFON or the Mutual UFO Network. Yes, yes, in in Connecticut. Yes, yes. He 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 was you know he works full time job does it does it part time he does clearly doesn't do it for money. You know, he's 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 a great researcher. He's a great investigator. Mm-hmm. You know, he he did a presentation on how Mufon investigates their cases, and it's I I I learned so much about it, and it is amazing. He's and a he was, great director too. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Does he, a was, fine job. he was he was he was sitting there, and he was like, "If you expect to be Fox Mulder and Scully, he's like, you're not." He was like, <laughs> <laughs> he was like, ninety nine percent of cases are going to be boring." And he's like, "That, but that's okay, because you know it's." It's it's not about excitement. It's about learning the truth. And I was I sat there and I, I was sitting there and I was like, wow, this guy gets it. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Where whereas you know you we have we have examples in mainstream media of just this incredibly toxic culture where it's like, oh, we're a team, but is it a team? Probably not. <laughs> and there's something weird about about people being drawn to this field where it's either incredibly altruistic or it's like I want to feel powerful hmm. and I want to be special. And it's it, it's there's a lot there's a lot of that 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 just exists in in this sort of field and it's it's toxic. So you know we as as gentlemen have just taken taken our 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 sort of leave of it and have just pursued stuff on our own. Yeah, and if you if you go by what's what's shown on TV and all these other TV shows, and people use that as a template as to how to be a paranormal investigator, anybody can do it. So that makes it easier for these people to jump in and say, "Oh, I'm a paranormal investigator," but it's all the wrong way. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, and that's my strong opinion, and um, mm-hmm. and I can prove it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to belabor this, but just uh, maybe a final word on this point. Another thing that frustrates me is uh, we have people who. I, I think we write our books, you know, uh, relatively decently. I think they're, they're fun to read and easy to understand, so we've been told. And, but people will read our books, listen to our show for years, and listen to our lectures, and still think it's about all about dead people. They just say they think it's a, a different way to reinterpret their own ideas. But they're entirely new ideas. As we pointed out yesterday, we've had to come up with a whole new vocabulary just to talk about our ideas. Mm. You know, and you know, maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong, but people don't see a lot. Some people, anyway, don't seem to. Other people do. The light bulb goes on, uh, or, or they they recognize the ideas as their own experience. But uh, again, hopefully, you know, we have some validity to our ideas. But I just get frustrated when people still think it's about the old ideas mm. cast in some new way, which it's not. Right. After so, reading um, here Bonnie's um, letter, it sounds to me like she's got what it takes. Yeah, I think she's yeah. on the going in the right direction. She's got the right character type. So yeah, I'd like to hear more again. It's seven years ago she wrote that. Oh wow! Yeah, so uh, well, hopefully you're still listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't insult you further. That's it. Uh, <laughs> all right. So here we have one. Uh, these are older ones we never got to. Um, Meg from Ventura, California. 
the one in the bottom there. But. So Meg writes to us, uh, Paul, I read your new book, uh, and I have to say I am blown away. I have never heard such concepts and such experiences. I have... I have to say I put it down after the exorcism chapter because it was so scary, uh, but I couldn't help myself and read the rest in two sittings. Uh, I was mad at myself that I had to keep a, a dinner, I had to keep a dinner engagement and had to stop reading. Uh, my question is where does the influence of these, hold on while I flip the page, these parasites uh, start and where does it stop? Uh, how much danger are we in as a species and should we be, and how worried should we be? Okay, well, I, I should have cut out the part that, you know, praising the book. I, mean, I appreciate that, but that's not, a, not the point. We, the reason that we have, um, we put that first uh, among our, our, our correspondence, except for uh, Bonnie's, was that we have a number of uh, people who wrote in uh, about the notion of parasites and the current state of affairs in the world in general, in America in particular, you know, the polarization, the division, this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, not, uh, not, not just political, but the, uh, the, the terrible crimes that are being committed, the, the, the mass killings, things of this kind. Uh, I think that we, it's very, it's very tempting, it always has been to say, oh, the devil made me do it, or the, the parasite or whatever. And there are people who will often will write in and say, well, I'm, I have this illness, uh, how do I get rid of the parasite that's causing it? Well, you know, I mean, before you even look at parasites, you know, we are not totally under their control. You have to look at our own personal responsibility. I think we live in a society where one of the, a number of problems take place. Ben, if, when you, when you become a father, and I, if I ever hear you calling your son Buddy. I only refer to my cat as Buddy. You're gonna answer to me because, these these are basic problems in parenting and in, in growing up uh, in an upbringing that are just, I think, are responsible for a lot of problems people might blame on parasites. For example, everybody from the government on down seems to tell you that the world's all about you, okay? Uh, show your feelings, uh, do this sort of thing. And parenting is not about your child being your buddy, they need a strong, guiding, loving hand. They don't need to be their buddy. They don't do things by mutual agreement. You are in charge in a loving way. That is so very, very crucial. And certainly I say that as a father. And I like to think that their example, one of our examples is sitting right here, of whom I'm very proud. It's me, yes. by the way, <laughs> not Shane. So, I mean, that's where it kind of begins. And again, people are not, children are not being taught self-control. You know, you're in the market, say, or some store, and, and the kid's, you know, carrying on. It sounds like World War II going on. And the parents say, oh, listen, buddy. It's okay. You know, be in control. That's what the child wants. That's what makes the child feel secure. In this world where people even ask the questions they've been asking about this, feel secure. It's not necessarily any kind of an illusion to feel secure. When you, and this is, this is our, Solution against parasites. You come together. Yes. You strengthen each other. You love each other. That's what it's about. It's not, it's really it's not rocket science, as the cliche goes. Mm. So that's that's just uh, an answer to that. But as far as um, the influence of parasites, of course, uh, they will use whatever the failings are in order to eat, 
And again, uh, back in the day, we thought they were demons and the priests would come in and all this business, but uh, that wasn't good enough. It, it didn't seem to uh, always work. And I think that what does seem to work, as far as we can see, is uh, bringing in this positive energy to fight off the negative energy and cut off the food supply. Shane, you're an expert in this subject. Yeah, and like you were saying too, um, is just like you were talking about the parenting and, and how, how to deal with children, it's the same thing that people do with these entities too. They give them the entities too much control. Precisely. Yeah, and they yeah. yield to these things. They or they they say, well, this time of night I can't go in this room because it gets really active, and so they they start disrupting their personal lives, and they give they yield to this thing, and they they give into it and let it do what it's want, you know, what it wants. Just like these parents you're talking about, you have to be in control of yourself, your environment, and. Um, and therefore, you're being in control of these things. But um, th- they definitely need us in a lowered emotional state of being. Um, that's usually what attracts them to us, and they'll maintain that. And they'll, you know, by the things that they do, the disruption that they cause, and and bring you to the point of fear, which is their ultimate goal, in my my belief. But um, they want us all to be in dysfunction, at odds, and at a lowered emotional state. Yeah, and they'll they'll have a feast. Oh yeah, that's how it works. Yep. So they have been out of thought on that. <clears throat> um, you know, it's actually kind of interesting. Weirdly, I had I had a discussion um, a while ago with um, uh, with with uh, with an Orthodox priest. Well, it was it was a while ago, um, and it was it was fascinating because I was I was I was talking to him about about decision making, and I was like, oh well, you know, do you think demons and sort of. Broad sense, you know, is, is is it possible for people to blame them? And he was like, "Well, no." There's a there's a a, a a theological principle, I suppose, and correct me if I'm wrong, Father, that really only when you're doing really well is is when you know parasites or whatever kind of bother you and try to get you into habits that are like you know that, that are just negative, just negative negative habits, and then really it's you that perpetuates the habits mm-hmm. that really it's the prompting of the decision and when you make that decision that's when things go bad and i i tend to agree with you dad that it's all about responsibility and i think i think it's the, the our culture in america at least has has sort of and i i i hate i hate to say it but probably my generation is, is not not super is probably pretty guilty of this where we like to feel like we're victims and that's that's just you know for whatever reason maybe it's receiving pity maybe it's like you know you get a little fuzzy feeling you're like oh someone does care about me kind of thing maybe maybe that has something to do with it i don't know but we have this sort of culture where you know you you, you sort of because it's okay to be a victim that's fine if something like legitimately terrible happens to you that's great i'm not saying that what i'm saying is someone who's jumped fine you know but you know they find something to be a victim about mm. And they 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 take it and then they make whatever they're being quote unquote victimized for and just make it their personality and that's it. And I I think that's you know I I think it's unfair to blame parasites for everything. Well, they they use what we do, right? You know, but it's yeah. it's the decision making that's made by the individual. Mm. The decisions you make directly affect everything around you, mm-hmm. and. I think the one of the biggest things in Western culture is thinking that we what we do doesn't affect anybody else, but oh it does. Oh my gosh, yeah. And and it's and one of the the worst the worst things, at least I've noticed very recently, is you know we we all sort of we all do it unconsciously. You know, it's not like we mean to. We all just sort of wander around and make decisions, and it just we 
doesn't matter who we impact or not, we just make them. Mm-hmm. Whether it's based on impulse or like or instant gratification, whatever, every decision we make, we don't really think through. <laughs> and no. I'm very guilty of this. Where, you know, we just do stuff and we're like, "Oh, well, I you know, I didn't I didn't I didn't really think it through." And I think that ha- plays a lot into it. You know, the paranormal is is not something that's set apart from daily life. And everything that that's sort of going on goes hand in hand. And one of the things that I've tried very hard to train myself out of, and I don't think I've ever fully done it, is not compartmentalizing, you know, everything. You know, you have to be the same thing through every situation. And trying to do that with the paranormal and realizing that, you know, this stuff is not paranormal, it's just normal. And incorporating that into daily life and realizing that your decisions not only make waves in your life, you know, it's when I leave here and I go home, whatever I do at my house will still make waves in the multiverse. Whatever I say right now is making making waves somewhere with someone, maybe. But, like, you know, this waves are still continuing. Whatever we do whenever we leave this room right now will affect everything outside of ourselves. And that's truly a concept that is hard to grasp. Yeah. Well, we're at the bottom of the hour, and I'll take our break. Uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno with our special guest co-host today, Shane Searway, our open line show on WON 1240 AM and 99.5 FM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Joe Callahan, host of Coffee Ann, the longest-running panel discussion show in American radio. You never know what topic will pop up on Coffee Ann. So join us weekday mornings 8 to 9 on ON 1240 WON Socket Radio. And welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno and Shane Searway. Today, our famous guest co-host, we're having an open line show today, and uh, <clears throat> we were answering a question uh, with um, some uh, seriousness uh, regarding uh, the problems of the human race, how much is our fault, how much is Parasite's fault, uh, so to speak. And uh, Ben had some uh, profound comments, and Shane wishes to, uh, to extrapolate. Yeah, definitely. The, the part Ben was talking about um, people with that victim-like mentality, I, I've run into that so much with, with some of the worst Parasite cases. Um, these people, they definitely do have like a victim-like m- mentality. So he's absolutely correct. I've seen it, you know, thousands of times and and um, hundreds, hundreds, anyways. And and um, and it's to the point where it's almost like they're they're welcoming without they'll say that they want the the entity attacking them. But in a way, you can tell they actually kind of need it in a way. Oh yeah. And codependency. Codependency, and yeah. they, and they can blame the entity for everything. Mm-hmm. The, it's the entity's fault that I'm a bad parent. It's the entity's fault that I drink too much. Is you know, yeah. it, they they will use that to, for blame so they they can uh, veer away from di- um, responsibility for their own actions. Everything that Ben was saying was spot yeah. on. Well, that's the thing, uh, and then this gets into uh, having the, had the same experience over many years as you fellows had mentioned. Uh, when I wrote in uh, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, which came out in 2002 or 20, I don't know, 2004, uh, 2004, that we got into some of the, the spiritual implications of all this, and uh, I said, you know, the whole approach, whether it be New Age or whatever, to I concentrate on me to become a better person. That's a mistake. That's exactly the opposite of what you should be doing. 
people, you know, they, they, they fuss over themselves and their own uh, the spiritual development and everything else. And, and, and there's plenty of guilt in Christianity over this too, and a lot mm. of other religions too. Yeah. What what you do if you take the totality of the, the human experience as expressed in many of the mystical fathers of all ages. You accept it's full of paradox. The, the multiverse is full of paradoxes. There is, the, and we've talked about this came up yesterday in some of the discussions at the conference. The unity, or the African notion of Ubuntu, mm. which is everything I do isn't about me; it's about everybody. It affects everybody. It affects the worlds, and in Swahili, even it's plural, as it is in Greek and Hebrew in various scriptural references. Worlds that uh, y- you end up with. Um, I don't know. It's um, the lesson being, as I say, you, you the pirate paradox. You accept yourself, and then you forget yourself. You look outward, not inward, because that's where you are. You are out there. You're not in here. Mm. You're out there in in the, the the poor neighbor who needs help cleaning up his lawn if he's too old. You know, that's a, a rather simplistic example, but it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about us. That's the key to spirituality, in, mm. in my opinion. That's the lesson, and th- that's what—that's maybe the takeaway from that question and from everything we've mentioned in the past, uh, you know, a few minutes here. Yeah, exactly. So drop the ego and be humble. Yeah, ah. and then then you, then you find yourself. Yes, you lose yourself. That's how you find. That's yourself. exactly how you start. Yeah, I think even Jesus said that, and certainly Buddha, Gautama the Buddha said that. Yeah, so everybody said it. Who all, knew what they were talking? All kind about. of comes down to the same simple statements: be nice to people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah. Love I mean, thy neighbor. <laughs> well, yeah, well, love your neighbor as yourself. In the Greek, it says yes. what? Love your neighbor because he is yourself. Mm. That says it right there. Okay, I have a question from Mike uh, in New York City. But Mike asked the same question now that uh, Bonnie asked seven years ago, <laughs> which oh, well, we kind of answered. Hopefully, we answered your question, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Um, Oh, no, I beg your pardon. That's not, I'm looking at the wrong one. The, the, Diane from Charlotte, North Carolina, asked that question. This is Mike in New York City who asked something entirely different. So we'll, okay. we'll, we'll and be now nice for something Mike. completely different. Yes. Um, Mike writes to us, Looking back through some of your old shows, you used to talk about paranormal movies and TV. What do you think of Stranger Things? Uh, it, it seems like it matches up with your multiverse ideas. Oh, well, I mean, we brought this up before, I think. No. Yeah, a little. Um, I, I vaguely remember Well, you liked it. I didn't it. like it. Well, what do you think, Shane? Did you see it? Yeah. I saw five minutes of one episode, and and I got caught up doing something else. But okay. I haven't. I heard it was great. I mean, I'm interested in watching it. But it I heard it was great too. But it, I didn't. I didn't. It, it didn't catch my. It didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it does tie into the multiverse idea. I I don't know if it's enough. There was that movie with Nicole Kidman uh, with the the others. Oh yeah, that, that was that came out quite a few years ago. But people mm-hmm. said, "Aha!" The, you know, the, the people were actually uh, thought they were ghosts and they were uh, actually, uh, or they thought they were alive and they're actually. I mean, yeah, I get that. I run into that kind of thing, but in the end, they really blew it. Mm. I just don't think people get this. And I mean, stranger I, things. I just found it very boring after a while. Even though they were talking about the Eno River. Well, actually, apparently the e- hmm. the Eno River is is a river in North Carolina. It is North Carolina where after the, the Durham brothers yeah. who, who created it. Right. Um, well, well, the fact that Sam Gamgee uh, was talking about the Eno was was interesting. That is true. Well, yeah. I'll explain. Sean Aston who played. I know why you don't like it, Dad. I I okay. understand it because you have a very specific taste in movies and shows. Yes. And I I was like maybe Dad will like it, but it's the way that it's built, the way the show is structured, is structured like. A um, like an old school horror flick, hmm. where you know you have a ton of build up, and 
once you finally get to the reveal, it it like you know it's 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 it takes a while. It moves slowly, but the whole point is to develop the characters so that you care about them, and that's that's kind of where that comes in. I think I don't know the show. The show is interesting. It's it the basic structure of it is is cool. I I like I like the concept of it. I, I like the acting. I think it's very yeah. The yeah. acting's great. It's well written. Yeah. Uh, the the casting very good. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think I think it could have gone farther, and I'll explain why. So, for anyone who hasn't seen it, and I, I'll give you you guys a brief brief sort of synopsis of it. So the whole the whole point of the show itself is the the government basically finds that there's this sort of hole between worlds in in this tiny town um, in the middle. Uh, crap, I forget what state it's in. I want to say it's in Illinois. Uh, yeah, or yeah, Hawkins, Illinois. So in you know just tiny Indiana, small, isn't it? Hawkins, Indiana. Yeah, you're okay. right. Sorry, uh, in Indiana, and they they find this they find this hole uh, into another world, and it gets opened sort of inconspicuously by this sort of Project Stargate like thing, where this girl named um, Eleven or L is basically trained from birth to be you know a, a military psychic, and. You know, she uh, inadvertently sort of opens the link between worlds by running into an interdimensional creature, and, you know, boom, open. And it just creates all sorts of havoc, and then they have to close this gate, but it doesn't really close because you can't really close thing, close doors that are already opened, that kind of thing. So that's a sort of a very brief synopsis of the show itself. Hmm. The, the, prob- the problem I have <clears throat> is, uh, I am using this pun intentionally, is it's two dimensional. Um, yes, and, well said. And it's it's you know it's it's supposed to it's entertainment. And I think one thing I really had to train out of myself from going to film school and taking a ton of media criticism courses was it's it's entertainment, and that's what it is. It's not meant to like you know have some great lesson. It's like when um, uh, Scorsese said like, "Oh, Marvel movies aren't cinema," which is like. Well, duh. <laughs> They're entertainment. That's what it is. You know, it's not the '60s and '70s anymore. When people just had tons of money to burn no. on art house films. So that being said, um, the basic ideas of it, you know, they kind of drew from string theory, and you know, they they don't really explain why things happen. You know, they just like, oh, well, the government did an experiment, and boom, it just went wrong, mm. which is structured like a traditional '80s horror flick. You know, uh, oh, the Russians are doing something wrong. Um, you know, this. Whereas, you know, and I'm I'm opposing this to like Japanese monster movies where they have some sort of scientific explanation for why Godzilla is mutated, which is basically just an allegory for the Hiroshima bombings. Anyway, um, so yeah, that that being said, they only kind of focus on one specific dimension that these creatures are coming from that we know of. And they just refer to it as the Upside Down, which is basically like a parallel universe in which, you know, this sort of being that they never really extrapolate on, they just refer to it as him or it. And like, you know, it just kind of does stuff, but it doesn't really explain it. It's just kind of like some malevolent force, for whatever reason, is just kind of just destroying stuff and making it dark, quote-unquote. And I think I think they could... It's it basically just focuses on that a parallel a parallel universe and just one. It's not exactly multiversal. It just kind of uses it's closer to string theory than the multiple worlds interpretation. 
yeah, I think that, that's a good way to put it. Um, I, I, I think it was two-dimensional also. <laughs> you know. However, again, that, that's, that's me. I mean, uh, again, thousands and millions liked it. It's entertainment. And, right. And there was, a, there was, a, I believe, a fourth season now that, that just came out. I haven't seen that yet. Third season. Uh, a third season? Okay. And it was really good. It's on good. Netflix. Hmm. I'll check it out. Yeah. Well, okay. I'm, I'm a huge fan of Red Dawn. It's like my guilty pleasure movie is Red, is the original Red the Dawn. Original. The original. The original Red yeah. Dawn. Yes, yes. And they, they make, they do like some like little references to it in there and I was like, yeah! yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right, we have um, our very faithful listener, Peter, from Bogota, Colombia, has written uh, one of his usual uh, astute questions. Okie dokie. So, Peter writes to us, uh, the mysterious tone you recorded before, um, or recorded during your recent Pennsylvania explanation, did you play it backwards, different speeds, to see if there were any messages in it? Yeah, just before anybody answers, uh, Shane can answer that, but we had... Uh, these experiences in Pennsylvania in May uh, on our ex- sixth expedition to the Pennsylvania Triangle, as we call it, which included a very dramatic uh, UFO sighting, which we got on video. Uh, that's available. If you if you want to see it, you can go to the station website here, onworldwide.com. Uh, go to ONTV On Demand, and you have to do some scrolling, but if you look back to the May 26th, uh, special of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno, you will be able to see that uh, video. But also, after the video, we played The Tone, a recording we were able to get of it. And um, can you, do you happen to have that? You're always very handy with this thing, if you want to play it. Uh, I mean, it won't translate yeah. super well, but go nuts. Okay, yeah. I don't know if I have it on uh, this phone. There's a backup phone, and keep talking, uh, I'll look. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so the, the next night after that, actually the wee hours of the, of the morning of the 25th of May, uh, we were, our group was saying goodnight to each other in, in the uh, garage of the uh, home where our uh, very, very warm uh, welcome. Uh, I like to picture like the Von Trapp family. Yeah, right. Uh, the, the, the lovely people who uh, host us there and allow us to use their home as a base camp. Uh, for three and four days in a row, uh, let us use an apartment off this garage. So uh, Chuck Credo, a, f- a friend of the show, familiar to many of our listeners, uh, had gone to bed uh, already, but he had only just gotten into bed, and the door was slightly ajar uh, between the basement and the apartment. And he didn't hear any of this. All of a sudden, uh, one of our producers from New York had joined us, and uh, the tone appeared over her head in the garage, and it was a perfect C. Ben can explain uh, from a, the point of view of a sound uh, person. A sound boy. A sound boy, sound expert. And uh, we all looked at each other. The phones, uh, was it an alarm? A very pleasant sound, perfect C. And then it moved out through the closed door. This is about quarter past one in the morning. Let us outside, went up into the air, faded out, came back, moved to the left, and then went up in, into the air. I mean, and, uh, again, we had seven witnesses to this. And the people in the uh, the people who owned the house uh, in the bedroom above with the windows open did not hear this at all. It was just just us. So there you have it. So that's what that's about. Can't find it. Okay. So uh, can you answer um, the, uh, Peter's question here? As yeah. Far as did, did, what, what have we done to analyze this? So I have a, a, a contact, a friend um, who does this for a living. He's he's a brilliant person when it comes to frequencies and um, generating frequencies for all kinds of different things, healing and and all sorts of things, meditations and everything. And um, he's just phenomenal. And so I sent it to him. And what he was going to do was he was he put it through all kinds of different spectrums. And what he was looking for was to see if there was any embedded data, um, which he couldn't 
make out because he said the quality of the audio recording because it was recorded on my phone yeah mine too yeah and and, and Paul's phone um, through a video we I, mine I opened up my video player and just hit record because uh, it was the quickest thing I could do and he said he likened the the audio recording to a blurry pixely photograph so it was impossible for him to like determine if there was any data in there because it was all blurry if you will yeah um but what um, i'm i'm pretty sure he i he played it in reverse i know he he played with it for a couple of days and this guy is really good at what he does i don't recall if he if he slowed it down I think if we're going to find anything with it, and we are talking about this with Mark D'Antonio yesterday too, to, it would be to slow it down and see if there's maybe some kind of Morse code or something, yeah. you know. But when it, if it's played at a higher speed, it just sounds like one steady beat, just like Mark was suggesting. I'll try slowing it down myself and see if there's anything like that. Well, the funny thing was that, that in, uh, we, we weren't prepared for this. Right. Uh, I mean, we would have had equipment because you know, because yeah, that that's the problem with this field. You never know what's going to happen, and you know, half the time you're not prepared. We were putting uh, our equipment away for the night to go to bed, so we, we were, were. Yeah, that's what. We Luckily, were. as as luck, or if, if there is such a thing, would have it. We were prepared for the UFO sighting. With that, so so that that was that was well, you really, were really lucky. <laughs> well, you know, so but with the tone, it was, uh, and in, in fifty years of work in the paranormal trends i've never experienced anything like that before that was really odd and ben points out he's uh, doing the producer thing right now but points out that, that it was a pure sine wave um in other words uh which i believe is spelled s-i-n-e and a perfect c did not decay uh with no discernible source mm. so very very strange but but i i continue to be well you want to say haunted by the fact that you have been playing tones over two nights that you had gotten from Mount Shasta, and I had been playing some very haunting music that I happen to like very much from a very unusual composer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so whether any of that audio stimulus, uh, stimulants had anything to do with, with the, these experiences, I don't know. I honestly felt like the UFO was separate, the, the, the experience that we all had was separate to the tone. I, I, I mean, yeah. I, well, I, at least I, I should say when that UFO event that we saw wasn't there for us that tone i 100 percent believe in my heart that it was it was meant for us yeah and, i get the same impression yeah and it had quite an effect on me i've, I've heard plenty of crazy things and you have too yeah. I've, I've heard screaming in the middle of a house you know you can't tell where it's coming from but it just you have to plug your ears it's so loud you know i've seen i've seen and heard crazy things this was just a calm soothing tone but it had such an emotional effect on me. I can't explain mm. it, and it changed me for a while. Like it, it just—I couldn't stop thinking about it. Yeah. And then um, I know you—you you had talked about something similar too. And then—and then you and I both had missing time within a week of being back. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Yesterday, I really—I really thought a lot about um, when we were when we were talking about. Well, it, I think it was actually in both both of our presentations we mentioned the the Pennsylvania case. And I I don't remember if, if you brought it up, Shane, or if it was you, Dad. That was like it was about um, basically how the how the the site kind of responded to us, mm. sort of acting intelligently. And I really thought about that, and I was like, "Huh, that's a really interesting sort of thing to kind of take away." That like you know you you we go to the site. We do stuff to try and kind of communicate with with the environment, and it responds back. Yeah, I think that's very important. 
that's that's a very very kind of first nations approach that they would always believe that you interact and i have always had that experience of, of becoming part of the land i live on you know you know i don't know if you were, well, you were four years old when we left our old place in cumberland rhode island but i had a very difficult time doing that cause I, I remember felt like, when we moved in yeah, yeah. but uh i i was um i had a lot of spiritual problems uh separating from that land mm. And uh, there was a group uh, based in Attleboro, Mass, who kind of did a circle and, and, and helped. And uh, they, as a fact, they came to, the, to our old place, and, and we had a circle there. So, uh, but you know, eventually, and because you bond with with the new place sooner or later. But but that that's me. I don't know. I just I'm always feeling close to the land, and I, I feel a real bond, as do all of us, with the, this beautiful land in Pennsylvania. And I'm not afraid of anything that happens there. I don't feel threatened right. by it. In Rendlesham Forest. I let weird stuff going on that night, including your experiences, Ben, in uh, 2012. I felt as though I belonged there. I don't know why, but you know, with all the scary stuff that's supposedly going on, I did not feel threatened at all. Well, I was talking to my my buddy last night when I was when we were coming back to Massachusetts, and I was I was because I was really kind of reflecting on that that whole thought of like the site sort of interacting with us like intelligently, and I was like, you know. Like, there's all sorts of other places out there that, you know, don't have the same sort of response to people. And my first thought was, like, uh, the, uh, the Bridgewater Triangle. Mm. And that was, like, my first thought was, like, Freetown State Forest because I felt so unwelcome there. Mm. Like, instantly, like, walking in. Yeah, there like, was hostility there. Yeah, oh, yeah. And I was like, huh. And I, 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 you know, I always sort of accepted it and kind of was like, yeah, you know, it's a thing. But I, I never really thought about it until until this 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 whole this whole past trip to Pennsylvania, which I really wish I was a part of. But you know, there's more trips in the future. No, there'll be oh, there'll be many more. That's what I was going to say on on this, and it's important to bring up too. So communication with with a phenomena, we would never try to communicate or interact with a parasite. You know, in a parasitic, you know, environment. Yeah, yeah. This is not a parasitic environment, so that's what I want the listeners to be clear of. Because I'm sure somebody's going to say, "Well, you guys say not to talk to these things," and, and we don't, and you dem- never do. Uh, the, what, what's different about this this land where we're at is it's it just got a very positive vibe. The family members that live on this property are all positive. The people are wonderful. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's no parasite uh, activity other than the the shadow people. But we got rid of that. Yeah, um, and we educated them, you know, and all, all that and stuff. But the the activity is is much different than that of a parasite situation. Although where you do have you know areas that are conducive and you can have anything coming through, so you potentially could have a parasite that could come through utilizing the same processes that these other things are utilizing to come through and interact um we're a very positive group we we were all in a good loving positive state of mind and yeah. state of being so that's what you have to have if, if you're going to try any kind of like interaction like that and yeah. um but it, it was we were interacting with the environment and not Trying to call it a parasite, so I just wanted to make sure. The oh no, no, that's very that. important to realize. Yeah, well, I mean, in our point of view, it, it's it's a, a flap area, a point, a multiple intersect points between a multiple parallel worlds, some of which have different laws of physics, and some of which have different uh, inhabitants. Uh, some of which apparently know how to come and go mm. as part of their lifestyle. All right. Um, but I, and our group is not. We don't have a lead investigator or a third deputy assistant honcho. Or we're just a bunch of clo- close third friends who um, I work well. That we enjoy each other's company. We we have similar points. We don't always agree on everything, but we have a, the thing that we share is a, is a is a respect and a love 
not just for each other, but but for the, the sites we investigate and for the people we work with. And uh, to me, that that's everything. So uh, we'll continue to keep everybody informed on uh, uh, this case, and uh, we'll be moving on with it as well. So, okay, uh, here's one from. Uh, okay, well, hmm. there's one on climate engineering, but I don't know. <laughs> I want to do some research on that first. Ray in Massachusetts. So Ray writes to us, uh, what are your thoughts on spirituality and churches? I went to a mass two weeks ago and I felt I felt great, like a massage for my soul, or a massage massage for the soul. Okay. Well, not not exactly a paranormal question on the face of it, but I mean spirituality is it's all part of this this sort of thing. And people hear about my seminary background, they I get a lot of questions like, questions like this. Um, spirituality is we we are. I don't think we're Homo sapiens because we don't know a heck of a lot, but we are Homo otterons. We're kind of constructed to worship God, whatever he, she, it, or them may be. Okay, and we get we gather in communities to respond to that need, and that's where churches and synagogues, other play, other religious organizations come from. Uh, unfortunately, I think they often descend into the uh, institutionalized state and and uh, end up uh, becoming an end in themselves, and their leaders become too uh, controlling, or whatever it happens. They're subject to the the same uh, faults as any other human organization. But but uh, down deep, uh, it it works for many many people. All right, uh, there is some feeling today that certain religious groups aren't fitting in with the modern way but the modern way is always changing uh, modern mores and points of view on, on morality and things uh, that's always changing, it'll change back the, the pendulum always swings and um, th- th- there's a religious group for every temperament I, I, I personally would, would be aware of the uh, sort of um, potpourri, buffet style spirituality Um a lot of people like the, the Star Wars films, including me. But you have uh, the Force, which is uh, very much the kind of God, if you will, that modern Western humanity would like. You 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 control it. You know, it does things for you. you know, uh, that kind of thing. So I think that uh, yeah, you go to a mass or to a uh, uh, the synagogue or to the uh, mosque or to the Wiccan circle, maybe. And you can feel very much massaged in your soul. Um, it's I I can't answer that. Yeah, I think there's it's certainly legitimate. It's been legitimate for the whole history of the human race. Uh, but to today you have uh, there's much is made of the statistics of people who are um, are spiritual but not religious. I believe that's the term. Okay, and I get that. Uh, the religion often and 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 I don't think I think you you have to treat your your point of view whether it be Christianity or whatever. As a way of life, not as a religion, uh, but that's you know, and to put it in a box, uh, you know, and, and only once a week, and all this stuff is not is not really good. But but uh, the answer, yeah, Ray. I mean, sure. I mean, um, your spirituality may change; it may lead you elsewhere. But yeah, if if you really feel that it's um, it's it's good, then use it for what is best about it. Yeah, I think, and religion should do just that. Religion, or or say a church, or anywhere that you practice spirituality, it should be an accepting environment. It should be a loving environment. It should be a positive environment. 
And so, you know, for that reason, it should massage your soul. It should make you feel good. And that's the reason why you should, you know, you go there is to maintain that and to, you know, to help others to maintain that as a group. The problem I have with a lot of these facilities, um, institutions or whatever, or churches or whatever you want to call them, is a lot of them are not that way. A lot of them are self-righteous. A lot of them do are not accepting. And a lot of them use fear to teach. I mean, I went to Sunday school when I was five years old. I came home crying because I thought I was going to burn because that's all. Everything. Oh, I know. <laughs> I was, right, the Sisters of Mercy in the 1960s. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, that's the wrong fear. It shouldn't be used in a, in a, in a church environment. Um, it should be positive, accepting, loving, yeah. in my opinion. Ben? I think the word, you know, there's, 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 a, the, there's a, funny, a funny sort of cliched term, which is, oh, he's a God-fearing man. Which is like, I think it's really funny because the word fear was just mistranslated because initially exactly. it was awe. <laughs> yes, yes. And the the word awe meant like just completely perplexed, right? You're supposed to be awed by the existence of God, which is like, you know, you're perplexed. Not, I, I think fear is just a, it's a, it, it got taken too literally. It, it's, and now it's like, oh, you guys, you gotta watch out, you're you eat a eat a hot dog on Friday, go. <laughs> like, well. but I I think I think it's evolved, kind of ish. But I mean, I don't know. I know plenty of people who I I think it comes down to the person and how they view their own spirituality. And I think I think it's you can take the rules and be super negative about it and be really judgy of other people, or you can be really joyful, which is mm. you know you can be a joyous person and and you know be nice. There's nothing worse than joyless Christianity or joyless Judaism or joyless anything in that. that yeah, realm. it's a it's a, it's a major part. It's 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 a it's a part of of the culture is just being joyful. And mm-hmm. we're just about out of time. But just one comment: the positive nature is really important, and especially in the old days. The worst cases I ever saw, including that Bridgeport poltergeist in 1974, parasite attack, was in homes where there were religious pictures all over the place. A very devout old Roman Catholic spirituality, which very often was very, very negative. Fear, based on fear rather than love. Yes. I took a lesson from that. So anyway, uh, okay, so let's, uh, let's move on to the announcements then. Uh, as we've said, Ben, Shane, and I had a great time at the Western Connecticut UFO Conference yesterday, Danbury Public Library in Connecticut. Uh, many thanks to Reeler, the whole staff, and many who attended. We've received a number of messages even during the show saying how much people enjoyed it, so it was re- really, really great. And thank That's you. lovely. Yes, I mean, we, yeah. we try our best. Uh, this Wednesday, October 23rd, we'll present on a program at the uh, Mount Hope Farm. Uh, that's 25... or. T- 250 Medicom Ave that's uh, Route 138 in Bristol, Rhode Island at 7pm. It's open to the public uh, but there's a $5 charge for non-members. See the events calendar at mounthopefarm.com for information. A day later on Thursday, uh, October 24th comes our final event of a very busy 2019 lecture season. Uh, We'll be at the Tewksbury Mass Public Library at 7pm to present a Fright Night program based on several of our books. Check the events calendar at Tewksbury pl.org for information. We'll see you at the New England Parafest in Kittery, Maine in April. Now, Shane, you have a special presentation October 29th. What's going on with that? Yeah, so it's in New Switch, New, New Hampshire, which is my hometown. It's not far over the Mass line, just over, you know, I border um, Ashby, um, right past Fitchburg area in Massachusetts. Um, at, it's at the Sauhegan Country Club, October 29th. Um, so you can go to sauhegancountryclub.com 
for tickets and more details. And we're just about out of time, so yep. thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we should see you behind the paranormal. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now.